Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's Is it me. me you're looking for. Okay, so I was thinking about what to do next and what the people want and what I want and what I think would be helpful. And I decided that I, I, t- I usually talk about heavy things. They so love you the most. If I look in my stats, Aww, they love you honey, the most. That's it's all of your hard things. Well, that we're going to really do resonating a deep- with the people. Okay. Well, okay. I feel so like they like me the least, and that's okay. What? Oh, stop. <laughs> That's how I feel. I always talk about nerdy stuff, so people are like me. So what we're going to do I think it's just because everyone's suffering. suffering. So I feel feel you people. Yeah. I feel you people. Yeah. What I think I'd like to do is I would like to kind of deep dive into some of the things we've talked about in the past and just Mm. like really kind of like set roots into different sections. Set roots. Set some roots in because I think we can easily talk about something and it's a podcast and we listen to it and then we move on. And I just want to kind of settle. And what I decided that I thought we should settle in first. Where shall we settle in first? I think it's the key to all the other things. So we're going to start. <laughs> oh, gosh. I never know if your ooze is pleasure or us. I'm about to be a couple of punks. Okay. A couple of punks. A couple of punks. Okay. So the first thing we're going to settle into is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Because I believe. Is that, the, that our main topic for today? Yes. Okay. Going, and it's going to be a couple part series. Okay. okay. I need to do a couple part series. Because I think that mm-hmm. to understand and truly understand vulnerability, you can't move into other things. Mm -hmm. So like I want to talk about vulnerability and then I want to talk about vulnerability in parenting, Mm -hmm. vulnerability in your marriage, vulnerability in in boundaries. Like Mm -hmm. but before we do all of those things, we really need to get a grasp about what vulnerability is. Mm -hmm. And whenever I think of vulnerability, I think of my sister from another mister. Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I read a bunch of articles. I've read her books in the past. I'm going to start rereading a co- mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. her book, Dare to Lead. Yeah. Um, and then I, on my way here, I actually listened to her TED Talk for the 400th mm. time on Ooh. vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I encourage I any, love TED Talks. I encourage Some of them. anyone to go listen to her TED Talk. So today, really, I just want to talk about- Filter. I just filtered. Did. I did. I was going to get us off track with the side question. Oh, I what just is got a us TED off. Talk? Okay. What's the difference between a TED Talk and a podcast? So a TED Talk is in front of a live audience. Okay. They're like brilliant people, and brilliant do, minds. And it's 20 minute. <laughs> like there used to be this thing called Pachaka Cha. It was like a where pe- it's a, <laughs> what Pachaka Cha. Yeah, that's Badonka what it's called. It was. It started out. It was like a I feel Sounds like, like an Asian thing. It's the way it's spelled. Oh. but it was like a way of people sharing information with each other, and it's like thirty seconds, six pictures. So it's like a big six concepts, minute. big yeah, concepts. or like or silly things or whatever. Like I did a Pachaka Cha on how to. Well, TED Talks aren't typically silly, right? But. Right, but it's the same thing. It's like a way to give information about something in a very um, digestible piece. It's, yeah, very smart people breaking down, big things down, down into bite-sized okay. bite-size pieces okay. and trying to explain it to you like you're five years okay. old. Even like though that. they're very usually very smart people. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, but they're still trying to bring it to the everyman. Yeah, which cool. is very challenging to do. Where the yes. heck did the name Pachaka Cha come from? Oh, that that's, that's a TED Talk. Pachaka Cha oh. is kind of like a TED Talk, even in a smaller scale that okay. they started. I don't know what Pachaka Cha is. That, that was started, I believe, yeah. in the... Um, uh, in a the Asia, like a way, like Japan and Asia, for that for people to create community, so hmm. that it would be like teaching someone how to paint, or like, and it was just like okay. this, you know, like mm-hmm. fun, it kind of like what a YouTube video was before YouTube, but in real time, like in real time in front of people. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. So anyway, sorry, my bad. It's okay. So <laughs> everybody, listen to Brene Brown's TED Talk on vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> Today, I kind of just want to talk about vulnerability and what are, when the word vulnerability lands on you, when you hear that word, what does it bring up in you? Like, what do you feel, think about, see, all of those things? I want to put my phone on here. Vulnerability. It's so, so, so diverse. It's so, so complex. Exactly. And, di- yes. and diverse. And it's like, Physical vulnerability is nakedness or not feeling comfortable in your own skin, but Mm -hmm. being willing to show it anyway. Perfect. Okay. What about when you hear the word vulnerability? What do you think about? I immediately think of like tenderness and like 
when someone's vulnerable with me, I picture them them taking their walls down and exposing their true self. And that's that, what a gift that is that they're giving. So it's just, it makes me have compassion. It makes me immediately love them more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing, so I've, I have psoriasis and it's that for my whole life, I don't remember a day where I didn't have some on my body and I still have some. I don't hardly have any thanks to plexus any, anymore. And really that is the reason that's the thing that changed it. But um, my gut was clearly missing some really important things. But the how I felt and still struggle with sometimes, although nothing like before, and our culture has shifted so much to be more accepting of everyone's bodies, almost to a fault, I think, uh, in some ways, just, you know, but like, um, so much more accepting of flaws and like no one's perfect even the beautiful people first of all if you're seeing a picture they're airbrushed 90 percent of the time you know and it's like to be to me vulnerability with my body is accepting that it's not perfect accepting that it's getting older um, knowing that I have spots that are are bad skin unhealthy skin that show up for reasons that make me sad but it's just who I am it's it's one of the things I struggle with but I I follow a bunch of girls on Instagram who have like head-to-toe psoriasis like their whole bodies are covered in these white flaky scaly sores all the time they cannot seem to find a way to you know like their body is just riddled with it and yet they're living their best life and they're out there showing their bodies like and to me that is a true vulnerability Mm -hmm. when you are covered head to toe and what most people are going to be like oh gosh Mm -hmm. what is wrong with you I've had that happen many times to me what's wrong with your knees what's wrong with your elbows what's on your elbows Mm -hmm. that's gross ew I'm so sorry you have that it's like but that first the ew and it's like Mm -hmm. To know that that's how people respond to something that looks yucky, that's a part of who you are and Mm. still show it. One of my biggest regrets in high school is that I didn't wear dresses and shorts and short sleeve shirts. I covered up my skin as much as I, even when I went to semi-formal and bless his heart, Aaron McGuire, I was his date for semi-formal and I wore a long sweater and a long velvet skirt because I was too embarrassed about my skin. Mm. I was tiny. I had an adorable face. I was a runner, if you can believe it back then. I had a great body by, you know typical standards and yet I was so embarrassed about my skin that I covered every inch of it Mm. high neck everything because I had psoriasis Mm. all over me and I was so embarrassed Mm. so embarrassed and it would have been embarrassing Mm -hmm. people you know people would have stared and but I was like I'm so sad that I wasn't like this is how God made me I don't know what's wrong with me but it is who I am Mm -hmm. It's a part of who I am, mm-hmm. and I'm going to own it. But that was not the culture when we were back then, mm-hmm. and it was it was not I, – I wasn't – I had no strength. I, I had yeah. no strength of character to in be those that brave. days to be that brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was not ever vulnerable with anybody in that way. And it's taken my whole life to be vulnerable in that way, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, now I was like – probably to many people's chagrin, I wear a bikini as a 45-year-old woman who's had two giant babies when I go camping. And I was like, and I'm I'm, I'm not 100% comfortable with my body, but I was like, I'm letting it be. Mm-hmm. I am letting it be what it is. And I am loving who I am. And I'm accepting it. And I think there's, accept- there's resignation right. and acceptance of who you are. And like... Uh, just like this is this is who I am and I'm okay with my body and I want some sun on my tummy (laughs) and that's why I'm doing this and I'm it's actually making up for years where I didn't have the self-confidence even though I had Mm -hmm. uh, a body that was before children but um (laughs) it's I don't know it's definitely taking it's taking walls down it's taking Mm -hmm. walls that either we built up or that are just Mm -hmm. automatically there working hard to take those down Mm. those are good so vulnerability by definition is basically uncertainty risk 
and emotional exposure. It's about exposure. exposure. I love that word. Yeah. So good. And um, one of the things that is interesting about vulnerability in is that it's kind of a crossroads. And so we as people need to be taught how to deal with uncertainty and how to deal with emotional risk. Mm. And so in a lot of ways, people either um, put up walls or they overexpose or there's different ways when, when any sort of uncertainty, um, emotional, physical, anything comes into your space of how you respond in your childhood is affected by that. You know, um, Brene Brown talks about as she went to a therapist and she was doing all this research and she was like, I need to, I need help, but I don't want to get into the family stuff. And the therapist just started laughing. Mm -hmm. So how we deal our vulnerability is all can be traced back with how our childhood was, our experiences in childhood or things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, trying to outsmart vulnerability, if you're afraid of it, um, actually blocks us. So whenever we try to make a situation black or white, good or bad, mm-hmm. it actually limits mm-hmm. what potential mm-hmm. of vulnerability. Right, we're already deciding the we're, outcome. Yes. Or We've become a legalist. We're, we're assuming yes. how everybody <laughs> feels about something. We're making things certain and definite yeah, that yeah, are yeah. not allowed to be certain or definite. Mm-hmm. So vulnerability um, mm-hmm. expo- vulnerability is a limitlessness. And that's very scary to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I actually am really encouraged um, that both of you, it was interesting that both of you talked about a positive viewpoint. And that's one of the things that Brene Brown said. She said that we see um, other people's vulnerability as greatness mm-hmm. and we see our vulnerability as weakness. Mm-hmm. And that that is what shame is. Mm -hmm. So shame is when we see other people being vulnerable and thinking they're so brave, Mm -hmm. I love them even more. But when we think of ourselves being equally as vulnerable, we feel that we're being weak, um, pathetic, shameful, no one would love us if we put our walls down, those kinds of things. And so that, she said, that's the trickiness of vulnerability. Mm. We love it in other people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we're terrified of it in ourselves. That's good. It is really, really good. good. And true. And so true. stinking true. I mean, so, I would never want to have an Instagram account that was just about psoriasis. Right. Where yeah. it was dependent on me showing all the worst parts of my skin. Right. To everyone. And that is what, that's pretty much what defines her. That's like what her account is. Yeah. 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 Girl with spots is actually her title. One of them. There's a lot of them, but one of them is. So vulnerability is a crossroad and the crossroads are between like shame. Like when you're faced with a situation, a coworker, a mistake, you made something. There's two, like there's two ways you can look at shame, fear, and anxiety that's one half of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. The other half is love, creativity, and freedom. Mm-hmm. And they are both creativity. Rub- Interesting. rubbed up against each other. Because when you have the freedom to s- accept your flaws and everything, that's mm-hmm. when you're op- that you become limitless. And when you're limitless, you get to be creative. Mm-hmm. You can see the world in a very different way if you're not boxing everything. Mm-hmm. So yep, that's good fascinating can you kind of say that all again okay yeah i mean just like break it down again so vulnerability the the vulnerability there's a crossroads in which you're hit with a situation okay Mm -hmm. so you have to have a hard conversation you're you made a mistake at work um your kid is making choices you don't love any situation where you you're feeling vulnerable about it doesn't fit in a black and white good bad box Mm -hmm. and you're starting to panic my first instinct is always panic before vulnerability so there's a crossroads there's <laughs> just two if, two mm-hmm. two different things you can feel shame fear and anxiety mm-hmm. that's one way of looking at um and we're going to talk about that kind of today a lot and then there's love creativity and freedom if you allow yourself to be vulnerable you allow yourself to be loved 
like you were saying about that person. You are allowing that other person to love you in your mm-hmm. flaws and in your weakness and in, all, in, your, in your vulnerability. You allow yourself to be open to creativity and you give yourself the freedom to find out, like, like find the rudest stuff. That kind of like mm-hmm. settling in and, and finding like, why am I even panicking about this? Mm-hmm. Why is... Or to look for like the more positive outcome. Right. Mm-hmm. Or any versus outcome. Versus like the more... I'm going to mm-hmm. close myself off to this and right. hide in a pit. And and, and then mm-hmm. the others is, yeah. I can't tell my truth in this situation. I can't feel this because I'm riddled with shame. Mm-hmm. I'm riddled with fear and I'm riddled with anxiety. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to put on my bootstraps. I'm going to yank them up. I'm going to wall myself off. I'm going to wear clothes dr- down to the eternal, you know, a sweater mm-hmm. and a long velvet dress, skirt, and I'm going to... Cover. Cover. <laughs> I'm going to cover and it. And <laughs> I'm just going to walk through this and I'm going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So perfection is a lack of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That is... Perfectionism, right? Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what I found so fascinating, why did I put this on airport airplane and it's still binging at me? Stop it. Um, the What we do when we are afraid and filled with shame and we don't press into vulnerability are three things. I thought this was crazy we numb we perfect perfect and we pretend Mm. is this what Brene Brown said yes isn't she so smart I want to be like her when I grow up (laughs) so smart so we we Mm. numb it with food medication she was talking about the stats alcohol drugs just watching TV watching for numb. hours and Not hours addressing and hours. it. Numb. Just numbing it. And yeah. she said the, be- the, the thing about that is that as human beings, we cannot numb just one feeling. Mm. You can't just numb fear. You have to numb all the feelings. Mm-hmm. So when you are numbing your fear, you are also numbing your joy. Mm-hmm. When you are numbing your anxiety, you are also numbing your thankfulness. You cannot chew- pick and choose what you numb. Yeah. Whoa, that was a major mm-hmm. for me as I was mm-hmm. praying through this. Because it means you're not dealing with it. But you're right. You're, but you're, you're just numbing. sort of like hitting pause and you're just surviving right. and you're not so you dealing with it. She was so funny. She was like, she said she, in her TED talk, she, she said, So you get nervous and you feel shame. So you have two beers or you eat a banana nut muffin. And everybody <laughs> in the obvi- audience started laughing. She goes, I have hacked in people's lives for over a decade. I know you're laughing as, ha, 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 oh, crap, she knows the truth. Yeah. (laughs) Because you think you're numbing your fear. You think you're numbing your anxiety. You think you're numbing your um, shame. But along with numbing those things, you are also numbing your ability to feel joy. You're Mm -hmm. numbing your ability to feel thankfulness. You can't just choose one or the other. Mm -hmm. And that I thought was really great for me and mm-hmm. I thought really great for us as people to kind of just settle on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like when I Netflix binge, which is what I do when I'm – or doom scroll. All winter long, baby. All winter long. We're numbing. <laughs> we're numbing our anxiety, yeah. our sadness, mm-hmm. but we are also numbing our ability to find joy in the day, yeah. find mm-hmm. thankfulness, mm-hmm. find gratefulness. So both things happen, mm-hmm. right? Because it's really just like coping. It's like you're you're trying to you're tr- you're calling it coping, but you're but just you're, hit, you're hitting pause on a lot of your life to just sort of, you know. Basically, you're disassociating. Yeah, and hitting pause on whatever the thing is because as soon as you're done, as soon as you're done, yeah, your show or your muffin, it's still there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Sad but true. And And now you just ate a muffin. Well, and that's what she said. I'll have another. So she said we are the most, our cohort, our, our generation of people are the most medicated, the most obese, and the most addicted. And our poor children, it's... They're, that's how they're being brought up, like they're, to to be overweight, addicted, and mm. numb. Yeah. We are raising a numb generation mm-hmm. because of the second piece, which is we perfect. So we try to put on a veneer, social media, on anybody mm-hmm. that makes everything look so pretty. And mm-hmm. she talked about children specifically in this part. We want our kid to be perfect. We want them to be a. She said, I forgot. I, she goes, a tennis all-star at five and accepted at Yale by seven. Mm, and mm-hmm. she said, 
Ugh, that sounds terrible, actually, to me. But, but she said, <laughs> I, "I get it." <laughs> like, and I, you know, it it freaks me out as a mother. Like we, she said, children are actually born for adversity. Mm. The, li- literally they come out of the womb and they are completely dependent on everything for everyone mm. to love them and be kind to them and we actually we actually wipe that away from them by making them feel like they don't need anything and we make their lives this soft oh, cozy yeah. place mm-hmm. and she's like actually we should make them know you are imperfect and you are completely dependent and you are loved. Mm-hmm. And that's, life is hard. Right. And you and, are loved and, and you yeah. are worthy. Yeah. And that we do the opposite. We try to make everything easy for them. So mm-hmm. children start thinking, I am loved because everything is perfect. And yeah. we create these little perfect bots. Mm-hmm. These little children that go out on the basketball court per your last episode. Mm-hmm. And we get angry that other children are doing well or better than our children. And we get frustrated. And we always say it's not the sport. Perfect bots. (laughs) Yes. We're making these little robots that Mm -hmm. believe that their worthiness is in perfection. If you win, Uh, I'll give you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you. Mm -hmm. And I, that crushed me. Because I was like, am I doing that to my children? And if I am. I'm definitely at fault for trying to create a cozy life and uh, don't want them to experience hard. But that's only because I did. And I was born into adversity. Right. And wasn't definitely allowed to. I wasn't even allowed to cope. Right. Or taught to cope. So I I didn't have any of those skills. But um, I had to learn all of that as an adult and still learning it. Right. Still learning it. And all of this rings so hard to me because it's, it's so – That's why we're I, settling I, in it, guys. I think we're we all want to be – There's a part of us that wants to be vulnerable and because we want to be loved for who we are. Mm-hmm. We want to be vulnerable. But when we have a head-to-toe skin disease or when we – don't feel confident in our in our skills as a human being even as a child especially as a child and we don't feel um unconditionally loved and accepted in the environment that we are in and we don't have a choice but to be there it that that whole balance either it's, it's so not even tricky. there in the first place for a lot of people or it starts to break down so that's where that uncertainty and learning how to manage emotional risk Mm -hmm. is so how do we as mothers especially as believers Mm -hmm. how do we say because we all know we've all sinned fallen short of the glory Mm -hmm. of god right like so that's the whole whole point like Mm -hmm. how do i say you are you are broken you Mm -hmm. are you are failing at this and right. I love you anyway. And how do we fix this? Mm. How do we get through this hard thing? And but you still own it. No, right. the no excuse boundary. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. well, it was so their good. fault. It was their fault. Extreme I would have done ownership. Yes. It's extreme ownership. Extreme like extreme ownership. I, it's a book. Um, anyways, I can't remember the title of the author, but that's basically teaching our yes. kids that. Like I failed here. So like in our household, I don't manage grades. Nope. Especially in high school. You don't anymore. We did for a long time and then. So, but this is our rule. Mm -hmm. You are almost an adult. Little kids, this is different, but I'm talking about teens. You, you know what your grades are. We're going to ask you and you, and you're going to tell us the truth. And if you're struggling with something, you're going to come to us and be vulnerable and tell us. Mm -hmm. When we get the progress report and you, we find out that you're struggling in something on the progress report and not from your mouth, your life is about to become a lot smaller. Mm. But if you come to us <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and say, I totally just bombed this math test. Here's my plan. Mm-hmm. We say, good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's your plan? How can we help you with your plan? Yeah. And let me tell you, it's a totally different life because they're – they now have to be vulnerable right. and come to us and say and responsible, responsible. That's and the thing. break it down, mm-hmm. and because that that's the real world, and that's learning to manage their risk and manage their emotional things. So, can I speak into that just a little bit? Yes, please. I was just listening to a podcast the other day. This lady, oh, I can't remember what she, she's she's um, she has a whole website, a whole company called Screen Sanity. 
And so her whole thing is on like, she's like, when we really think about it, us moms our age, we're the first generation raising kids. It, she calls them digital natives. She's like, mm-hmm. they're the first generation who that's all they know. It's yeah. the only truth that they know is they're being raised in the digital age. It, it, all the things. And it's even out of their control. Classes, sports teams, everything. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, but as moms... We can't go to our parents and be like, mom, what did you do? Like baby-wise, when you first get pregnant, you can read all the books and you can talk to other moms who've, who had babies before. What, 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 what can I expect when my baby comes? Right? Like we've had people who've gone ahead of us. Mm-hmm. We don't have anybody ahead of us. So we're learning and we're figuring it out. And culture's teaching us, mm-hmm. right? If you buy for five extra bucks, your, your five-year-old can have their own phone. What a great deal. Right? And so, so but she's talking about coping skills. That's the biggest thing because she's like – media is not bad like phones aren't bad social media is not not like we can make it black and white Mm -hmm. you know and so she's like but what we have to teach our kids is these digital natives who know nothing else Mm -hmm. and as moms to figure it out like coping skills at a really young age she's like when we were little and our mom was taking us grocery shopping and we were bored what did we do we dealt with it or maybe there's a little bit of an embarrassment of the the mom's baby freaking out or the mom said, smarten up now or when we get to the car, there's going to be a consequence. She's like, now it's here's my phone. You can play a game on it, mm-hmm. you know, and so that, that gets the mom through Target happily. But what does it teach? What does it teach the kid? It teaches them nothing on how to manage their boredom. It teaches them nothing on how to manage sadness or frustration. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, and so the older they get, she's like, the goal that we want to teach our kids who are these digital natives is when they get to college and they're lonely or they're sad or they're upset like Izzy, that the answer isn't in solitude on their phones alone, doom scrolling. It's like, okay, so like community, calling your mom, call your brother, kind of figuring out that's more than just this. Join the the backstage is he's now doing theater right thought. you know what I mean exactly like taking the risk yes and so statistically because she, she does a lot of the science behind it she's like it used to be that um I wrote it down because it was so crazy um uh, okay it used to be in our day and age two weeks between um signs the very first sign of suicidal tendencies Mm. to the action itself like there was this window where like looking back you can be like oh yeah I saw that she's Mm. like today it can be minutes or even hours Mm -hmm. between like a a tendency and it actually happening and so her whole thing is like no management of risk yeah and coping skills and 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 vulnerability and having those conversations and just like the whole like like teaching our like the ownership of and when you're sad, when you're mad, when you're bored, when you're lonely, instead of just your phone or your media, how do we like get the creativity, get the joy, get the, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm trying to yes. say? Well, the uh, uh, this isn't quite to vulnerability, but my boys and myself, um, I, I do a lot of multitasking. So I love having background noise and I do a lot of my creative stuff with a show in the background or something like that. But my children that's like they'll just get sucked into the show yes so <laughs> we cannot have any show on in the background at our house it can be the most boring thing in the world and all the kids are like yeah right so they're not wired that way yeah. so <laughs> and my husband isn't really either so mm-hmm. i've had to be very careful about and and just pay attention and uh, after school hours it's tricky i always give them a little bit of time to chill with their devices but then i be like boys you gotta bring your phones in the kitchen and then like you need to do something you need to go do something active go outside play basketball you need to but if and most of the time now, if I say it's time to have device free, and that means TVs, it means any screen. Mm-hmm. My two children, because they're cut out of the same cloth, start to create. Mm-hmm. So Sam will pick up his musical instruments. He plays so many instruments, he will go play music. He will start writing songs. He will start playing his guitar. Henry will get out pencils and paper and start to draw mm-hmm. and create. And he'll, and, and I only see that if I tell them it's time to put your phones down it's time to be alive and create something like for what that for them that's what that means mm-hmm. or they're though and like after that time goes by they might start cl- literally cleaning their room or like they'll 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 ask each other because they have only each other in these little hours it's like you want to go play hoops with me and mm-hmm. so they'll they'll see each other and spend that time mm-hmm. 
That but default time, mode is never going to be that. Default, it's, gonna, it's so easy. It's right. like, it's I'm going to be us. entertained. I'm bored, I'm going to be entertained. Mm-hmm. And I am so guilty of that mm-hmm. as well. So if I have time, it's so, there's a dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. There's a there's science behind all there the things. So much, yeah. and, but it's, it's easy. It's so easy. It's like, I don't have to output anything. I can right. just sit here and be entertained yep. by any one of a million different things. I can right. go online shopping. I can do this. I could check my email for the 50th time. Right. Just, I could check my texts. I can check Be Real. I can check Snapchat. I can I can look on Pinterest. I can watch a show on YouTube. I could watch a show on TikTok. I could watch a movie. I, I, all on my phone. Right. And they, they know this too. And that is like, you know, the, the digital native culture that they're growing up in. And we have to... We really have to help them. This is a whole nother podcast, though. Yeah. So it's like not mm-hmm. to stay on this tangent. But, but yeah. no, I think, but what that is, is that's helping them numb. That's a numbing. D- totally. Yes. That's yeah. numbing. 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 And, and so, not uh, dealing with and what And not needs dealing to be. with yeah, anything right. else. Mm-hmm. Not. And, and vulnerability not, isn't going to come out of anything unless of you're living mm-hmm. a real life. Right. A real life. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so the other thing about perfectionism, I just wanted to say this, which I thought, I think, um, I think we like to think that we are, that we want people to think that we are perfect. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people struggle with that, Mm -hmm. of wanting that. Um, And Brene Brown says, um, uh, you know, she said this about perfectionism. Perfectionism is not a way to avoid shame. Because I think a lot of times we think, I'm ashamed about my childhood. I'm ashamed about my house. I'm ashamed about my body. I'm ashamed about whatever it is we're ashamed about. So I am going to make it look. I'm Mm. going to be uber diligent, uber this, and I'm going to make that thing perfect. Mm. She says, uh, perfectionism is not a way to avoid shame. Perfectionism is a form of shame. Mm-hmm. Where we struggle with perfection, mm-hmm. we struggle with shame. So whatever you're trying to be perfect in, whatever mm. you're trying to mask or um, you're scared to show the warts of mm-hmm. in your life, that is where the shame is. So I totally agree with that. That is so good. Was that not a? Mu- I was like, oh, where we struggle <laughs> with low. perfectionism is where, is where we struggle with shame. That is where we struggle with shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're afraid to show the, show the warts mm-hmm. of that situation, that is. So with me, easy, quick example. For me, I want to be. I am terrified that I will not be a good enough mother because I because of my past, I have did not have a good mother. I am terrified of that. I want to be a perfect mother. I want my children to rise up and call me blessed. I want my, you know, people to, you know, not have a childhood to overcome. I get a phone call. My daughter in college, who I adore, Izzy, is like, mom, guess what? She is so excited to tell me this. I have started therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And my immediate instinct was, Oh crap! What is she going to say? What what mm-hmm. hard things is she going to speak into my life? Because mm-hmm. I know what therapy is. It's hard, mm-hmm. and instantly made it about me. Mm-hmm. Oh, selfish Amber, here she mm-hmm. comes, because I thought, and I instantly thought, mm-hmm. what am I going to tell her? What are going to be my reasons mm-hmm. of why I did whatever she's going to come and tell me yep. that I did wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Which are all P.S. hypothetical questions that have mm-hmm. not even come to me. Right. And hypothetical, like it's yeah. already an entire story. Mm-hmm. I've got a novel. I've got an entire mm-hmm. series. Right. <laughs> it could be on Netflix. Yeah. It's deep and real. <laughs> yeah. And she, and, and she starts telling me why. She had a really traumatic senior year. Mm-hmm. She had a really traumatic basketball season. And she was sharing it in a social work class. And her social worker was like, you know, I think teacher was like, I think it would benefit. I think it benefits all therapists and social workers to have a therapist Mm -hmm. because it will help you be a better social worker. Mm -hmm. We have a free counseling. I I think you need to unpack this Mm -hmm. certain thing that these certain things that have have happened to you Mm -hmm. your senior year. And so good. I was like, and my instinct was, this is amazing. And then I turned into so 
my yeah. shame. What is she going to say about me? Is what <laughs> she's going to say about me. Mm-hmm. And I looked. And so then, of course, mm-hmm. I want to numb. Mm-hmm. And I want to keep it secret. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to tell anyone. So instead, I say it on the podcast. Yes, yeah, good. Um, <laughs> so I look at Peter. And I said, yeah. Peter, mm-hmm. this is what I, I'm so shamed. This was the first thing I thought is what about me? Mm-hmm. And he smiled. He goes, I did that a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. He's like, but I think the way we should look at this is... How incredible that our daughter, first person they wanted to call and tell Mm -hmm. that they were doing therapy are her parents. Mm -hmm. And that we have made therapy so unscary Mm -hmm. that she's ready (laughs) to voluntarily be vulnerable and start unpacking some of her stuff as a 19-year-old. And I stopped and I thought about it and I said, Peter... I was blue papered at 19 and put Mm. into Acadia Hospital, which is a mental institution, as an outpatient with a severe eating disorder so that I could start facing my demons. And my daughter joyfully was like, all right, I'm growing up and I need to start figuring some stuff out. (laughs) Let's go. And I can't wait to tell my parents. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm. yep, Mm. so good. Okay, Amber, mm-hmm. get over yourself. This yeah. is beautiful. But that's my, that's my, I want to pretend sure. mm-hmm. that I got this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the third one. So we, and it's an opportunity for you to be vulnerable, for you to be like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I am, that goes really well. I watched a friend who is further down the road from me with her <clears throat> kids. And I just think so many times I want to be like her. She has a fabulous relationship with all her kids. They mock her relentlessly, but she can take it. Like that's kind of how they like their love. Like there's no doubt that they love her. But they're very clear about, I'm going to do this different than you did, mom. And I'm going to do this different than you did. And she receives it. And they kind of can laugh about it a little bit. But I'm like, ah, my first instinct, no matter what, I think would be like, why? Because what I did wasn't good enough. It wasn't right. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't want to be like that. And so when I watch her, I'm like, that's so good. Like you just, she holds it so loosely. And she's like, you go. Yeah, that's really great. I wish I'd thought to do that. And I'm like, oh, I need. That's what I want to say. I don't want to view it instantly. Because like, that's my personality is, mm-hmm. it'll I'll view it as instant. Yeah, and that's another place where I failed you. Oh, and I failed you there. And yep, thank you for pointing that one out. And we right. told all our kids, your first 10 sessions are on us. <laughs> right. You know, but like I say it t- kind of tongue in cheek, but kind of not. But that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Like that's your, like you have said that your struggle is that you want to be you're worth what you do mm-hmm. and so you put so much thought and effort into it so if your children say to you i'm going to do this different which they do already yes <laughs> but they but they, that makes you feel i can totally see that like that so i just so that's vulnerability mm-hmm. is feeling that and mm-hmm. i could i go into shame and fear or mm-hmm. do i take it as love and freedom yeah so we yeah. numb we perfect and the lot perfect Sorry, I always say perfect. Mm -hmm. We love, we perfect, and the last one is we pretend. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Mm -hmm. holy smokes, artichokes. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. And um, so we pretend that everything is great. Mm -hmm. We pretend, that's sweeping it under the rug. Mm -hmm. We pretend that we lived in this fantastic world. We pretend that she used corporations in this. She's like, you know... Everybody knows there was the giant oil spill. And instead of the giant oil spill, people saying, we made a mistake. Mm -hmm. We're really, really sorry. And this is our plan to fix it. We go, well, it really wasn't that bad. And really, we did this Mm -hmm. instead. And and how different life would be if Mm -hmm. we owned it. We owned those things. So Mm -hmm. when, when Izzy, not if, when Izzy comes to me and says, instead of me going, well... My mom mm-hmm. was super abusive, so I could have I could have hit you. <laughs> I could have neglected you and said saying, "You know, I hear you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I like my that wasn't my intention. What's the plan to fix this? How can I how mm-hmm. can I heal this mm-hmm. wound that mm-hmm. I've caused you? What's the plan? Mm-hmm. How how can we move through that?" I know a pastor who mm-hmm. um when his he had four kids and his oldest boy, um, he's like, I just know I made so many mistakes with him 
raising him, you know, and so recently he flew to his son's home and sat at his table and said, I want you to tell me all the ways that I hurt you. And I want to, I want us to make a plan for how I can fix it and how I can. Could you imagine? No, I can't. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you Mm. know, like just amazing and brutal. So beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. That is rare. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well, I do remember one time sitting with Emma and, you know, um, Emma says a lot of people apologize, are so sorry for her that she came was raised in such a religious home. <laughs> and Emma doesn't feel sorry about it, which I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. And she said to her friends once, it was literally the most, and I've told her several times when you said that, it was probably the kindest thing mm-hmm. she's ever said. She said, my parents are the first ones to, if I come to them with a complaint, they are the first ones to own it, mm-hmm. explain it, and ask how I can help fix it. Mm. And, all, and all of her, quote unquote, secular friends, parents don't do that. And so she's like, so I don't know why you're upset. My parents are like geared for forgiveness. Like that's how they're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. they are geared to accept that they have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So... I like that. Geared for forgiveness. Geared for grace. Geared for grace. Yes. Like (laughs) just, Mm -hmm. I I think that, so I kind of just wanted to, vulnerability takes courage. Mm -hmm. It takes courage to be, and um, she defined courage and it means to um, find the core. It's kind of like muster. It's it's finding something deep within you that makes you do something even if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's scary. not it's, it's not bravery. Bravery is different than courage. Um, bravery there's there's a reward in the end of it. Like usually, like you get knighted. Mm. Um, but courage, <laughs> it's from within. Mm-hmm. It's not for a goal. It's from from within. Well, let's see you. what brave. Uh, it's like it's in a song. Uh, when a man is scared, that's the chance to be brave. Yes, but it is different. Courage is the summoning the. I always think of martyrs brave. when I think of courage. Yes. Like they they yes. they had the courage to to not deny their faith, knowing mm-hmm. what the outcome would be. The ability mm-hmm. to do something that frightens oneself, the strength to face pain or grief, strength to face it. So it's. It's not the the reward at the end is not good necessarily. Not ne- right. Right. So with bravery, that's like the that's the isn't, must. Isn't that kind of a synonym for each other though? Um, it maybe, but uh, it uh, comes I'm somewhere. From, somewhere it intersects, sure, yeah. but it, um, yeah. it comes from the Latin core, which means heart. Heart. Yeah. So it comes from inside versus courage, dear heart. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. To me, bravery. They the same, they, bravery. You you get it from each other right like i'm brave because you're brave and so we link arms and you're brave and we're brave, and then we go and we face it together like i always think when i think of bravery i think of braveheart and him marching on his with his face half blue and he's on his horse and he's he's rallying them mm-hmm. i was thinking of the guy who got some- shot with the arrow into his naked butt <laughs> okay <laughs> what? remember that scene on yes, the field <laughs> But I, for courage, I don't remember that scene. Courage, surprisingly, uh, it's courage seared. is inside. There's nobody else involved necessarily. Mm. Mm. It's from one's own heart. It's taking that risk, like a martyr. Like it's taking that risk to, like for me, even though it was silly for me to say to Peter, I'm being selfish right now because all I'm thinking about mm-hmm. in this situation with Izzy going to therapy is what is she going to say about me? It's mm. it's a form of honesty. So it's like. Come as you are. Take your wall down. I'm being being really honest with who I am and how I feel, and telling it and speaking it. Right. Even even though it might mean that you think less of me, or mm-hmm. even though it might mean that you see my scars, my blemishes. Even though it means that, and you might judge me, and you might make assumptions, but I'm still going to, to do, do it. it. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the courage. Yeah. The second is compassion, and I thought this was really interesting. That unless you unless you see your value, you cannot be vulnerable. And I thought that was huge for me in particular. Mm-hmm. So unless and and I think as Christians, this is where you know Brene Brown. I don't know her faith, but her walk or whatever. But I know mine. And so when I 
if I treat myself poorly and I numb myself and I try to perfect myself and I try to pretend, I devalue myself and I devalue my ability to be vulnerable. And that is not like I want to well, say blasphemous, but I don't know if that's a real word for blasphemous because like we were bought at a price. Cowardice-ish, or not really? Yeah, that's, that's too. That's a, such a harsh word. But I think but that's one the of the difference. harshest words that mm, you can. Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna, if someone's a coward, like that's the lowest of the low. Right. I feel mm-hmm. like. But, but for and me, that's not the difference that. is this: it's, it's it's you are not like we were bought for a price, and that price was Christ, and. Peter's doing this whole sermon series on the mess and that God knows our messiness and still died for us. Mm -hmm. He died for us in spite of our messiness. Mm -hmm. It's not like we go and like wash ourselves up and then we go see him. Mm -hmm. He know and he, you can't, God can't stop loving us Mm -hmm. no matter how gross we are. And so for us to, to not be kind Mm-hmm. and see our value, we are devaluing Jesus's sacrifice. Yeah, so true. So, he was the most vulnerable where he was oh, hanging completely. naked and mm-hmm. killed on a cross. Yes, he was, and that, so, but we can't, Yeah. if, if we don't see our value, we cannot be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you're all consumed with shame. If you're all consumed right. with shame and hiding and covering and building walls, then... And yeah, people but who we're value yeah. yourself mm-hmm. don't do those things. And, and, and you it, also can't, I think, if you're so puffed with pride, right, right, be vulnerable yes. either. Which, no, yeah, mm-hmm. which that all that is, that's is a pretending. Whole yes, whole different podcast. Yeah, so no, but it so is. It's it's, it's pretending. pretending. It's right. all that it's is pretending. a shame. Yeah, in mm-hmm. in therapy in in counseling, when you start learning about feelings, those are those are um, mirror opposites or whatever. Well, Pol- no, they're like they're. I know camouflage yeah like so you throw out a lot of sh- like anger mm-hmm. when people are really really angry it actually means they're really deeply sad mm-hmm. i agree and when people are really 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 prideful mm-hmm. it means they're actually super, super insecure super insecure yes. yep that's true so mm-hmm. that's just like per- mm-hmm. perfectionism is a type of shame pride yep. is shame absolutely when i see yep. someone i am trying to train myself that when i see someone super prideful mm-hmm. i want to learn to look at that and go Oh, they are so full of shame. How- or when someone like a kid who's super cocky, I'm like, they're actually really insecure. Scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're scared. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when someone is pretending, they're actually really sad or really, mm-hmm. really angry. When I see someone responding in anger, I want to train myself mm-hmm. when I see someone responding like that. That they're I mean, there is really righteous sad. anger. There is a time sure. to be yeah. angry, but when it's when it's a perpetual or a, something that's coming from inside yourself or in if response that's your to character, if that's and that's, that's right. Jesus, hurting that's people, hurt people. Yeah, yeah. So then Jesus' sure righteous anger was it, at sin. sin. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. a blip. I love people who pro- always bring that. Not that you, but like people are like, well, Jesus was angry. I was like, in the entire scriptures, he was mm-hmm. one time. Did he? lose his patience yeah like one time did he flip a table and that was in the place of worship where things were not being done he didn't flip the table at the prostitutes he didn't flip right. the table at the woman at the well he did not flip the table it was at always the at the pharisees <laughs> it's oh yeah so mm-hmm. i think you should check yourself before you wreck yourself when you talk you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. mm-hmm. if your character is anger yes mm-hmm. if your character is pride if you're char- then those are actually shame and that is the beauty of it. When we when we learn to name what's actually happening and take take ourselves, and the only way we can do that, seriously and truly, the only way we can be vulnerable is if we value ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when I say value, I do not mean pride. Value that you were created by a God that loves you, created you in his image, with worth and integrity. Makes no mistakes. Who makes no mistakes, who is having you walk this path, for his righteousness and loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. That is your value. Mm-hmm. Not your skin, not your exercise, not your skill on the court, skill on the court <laughs> or your skill on the mat mm-hmm. or your ability to teach or anything. Your mm-hmm. value is in the essence of who you are. It's like that baby. And when she was talking, like when we grab our babies, I think having children... And if you are unable to have children, even adopting, like there is nothing like the vulnerability of a baby. 
it takes a monster to look at a baby and go, meh. Mm -hmm. When you see a baby wailing and crying, needing their diaper changed, or need, there is something that changes within you. I fell in love with Peter. Peter's character and how he treated others and how he treated me and how he walked through life is what me made me fall in love with mm-hmm. him. Emma came out of my body and I would take a bullet for her. Mm-hmm. She did nothing. Mm-hmm. Isabel came out of my body and I was like, I didn't think it was possible, but now my heart is bigger. And Parker and Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That, is, that is the value that God has for us. The exact core value that you have when you see an infant and they can they they, they do yeah. nothing mm-hmm. for you yeah. they give you nothing mm-hmm. and yet they take a lot they take everything <laughs> and they yeah. suck yeah. you dry and they ruin your body and your boobs now sag and all of the things and you couldn't love them and more. you yep. would do mm-hmm. anything. anything for them mm-hmm. that is the value you need to believe in yourself that that's how much god loves you and then you can be vulnerable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is, so good. and that is where your life changes. Mm-hmm. And that is when you are able to speak into yourself, speak into other people. Mm-hmm. That's where you can lead. That's where you can parent. Mm-hmm. That's where you can change your little footprint. Mm-hmm. But it has to come from vulnerability. So the next couple of times we're going to keep pressing mm-hmm. into it. But so vulnerability is the crossroads of love, creativity, and freedom where we find our value and courage and compassion to love others and ourselves well. But it is also the place where fear, shame, and anxiety can build, where we numb, perfect, and pretend because we have shame. Mm -hmm. And so I want us to all think about it and start thinking about where that is in our lives. I I wrote down, name your shame. Oh, let's do that next. Which for me, there's so many. (laughs) Where do I start? (laughs) Well, we'll start next time. So So we're going to start unpacking shame and unpacking these things so that we can truly have authentic lives because when we live authentically when we take our walls down that is where it changes so all right let's get ready to name our shame next name our shame (laughs) that's what a title i love it (laughs) name your shame (laughs) come on down